Hello everyone and welcome back to the EU Careers podcast. We are now on episode five and today I'm joined by Jack Kelly. So I had a really interesting chat with him. So stay tuned for the discussion and the 10 questions with Jack Kelly. So hi everybody, we're here today joined by Jack Kelly. So it's great to have you here today. How are you keeping today? I'm fine and you? Good, good. Yes. So thanks William for joining me. Um, We'll get stuck in straight away. So I'll just start off by just asking you if you could just tell us what your job title is within the EU and just how long you've been working with them. Okay, I've just got to get used to this because I changed jobs on Thursday, actually. So um, (laughs) I'm now working in um, uh, the uh, Inter-Institutional Coordination Unit, uh, dealing with speeches for our commissioner in French. Um, in and our commissioner is the commissioner for DG AAC, which is Education, Youth, Sports and Culture. And I've been working in that DG since I got here. Um, and I started as a trainee in 2016. So it's uh, I left for a year and then came back. But it, all in all, it's been about four years. Okay, great, great. So you've just changed jobs then. So how are you finding it now? Uh, it's kind of a strange uh, change because I'm doing a part-time in one unit, my former unit, and part-time in this new unit until the end of the month. So it's uh, quite a, a juggling act at the moment. It's not too uh, comfortable, but um, I, uh, I enjoy my work in, in, the, in my former unit, uh, which is the cultural policy unit. Um, I've always enjoyed that. And uh, I've got quite a few friends. and I know what the work in my new unit is like as well. So um, it's, uh, it's not easy every day, but it's, it's fun. Okay, great, great. So you can answer in whichever job you want for some of these questions. It's completely up to yourself. So I'll just ask what would be one of your favorite parts of the job in general? Um, well, in, my, um, in the job that's coming to an end, let's put it like that, in the cultural policy unit, uh, the thing that I enjoyed the most was actually uh, putting into practice uh, lots of things that um, I, I've learned about recently. I did um, a short online course during lockdown, uh, like lots of people, on um, uh, international relations. And my job in the, in the cultural policy unit was to look at international cultural relations. So that was uh, fun. Um, and a coincidence to be able to do to do that to put straight away put into practice what I just learned in my new job the thing that I really like is something that suits me uh, when I work which is tight deadlines and lots of pressure it can be uh, it can be annoying in the, in the long run it can be tiring but um, I like structure when I have lots of time to do things unfortunately I'm the kind of person who leaves them to the last minute so if I if I get these tight deadlines that's the way I work best I'm the exact same. I love my deadlines. I love my schedule um, and my diary and everything. So yeah, ideal. So seeing as you like the fast pace, you like the schedule, what would one of the challenges? So most people might say that's a challenge. Would you say that's a challenge or is there something else that you would say is a bigger challenge? Well, as, 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 we, as we've both just said, it kind, of, it kind of suits us down to the earth. But so it's not the, the deadlines are not the challenge. The challenge is switching off. Uh, it's getting rid of those deadlines. And well, it's something you have to learn to do. I think I was probably one of the last people in the world to get a smartphone. I've only had one for a couple of years now. I have access to my email on my smartphone, but I don't have it synchronized with the, um, the, the mail app. So I don't see when I get emails. I, can only, I have to make the, the effort to go and check. So these are the small things that I put in place to make sure I can switch off uh, when I've decided that I've finished. 
that's really important especially now i find a lot of people working from home so it's that bit harder to switch off i'd imagine so that's exactly. a good that's a good way to do it so you can actually have your downtime as well okay so you're based in brussels is that right that's right so what would you say then is your favorite part of living or working in brussels or both I love Brussels. <laughs> I've been here for about 10 years. I studied in Belgium for, for five years, uh, just outside Brussels. So I knew it already. And I've been here, as I said, for about 10 years uh, since then. My wife is, uh, is from Brussels. So what's not a love about that? But maybe uh, things that you guys could enjoy is the restaurant scene here in Brussels is actually one of the best in, in Europe. It's, uh, Brussels is a very cultural um, melting pot kind of a place. There are lots of North African, Eastern European, Middle Eastern uh, influences uh, in the cuisine around here. So that's, that's really interesting. But then we also have the basics as well, I guess. Uh, one of the restaurants that I prefer the most in the European quarter is a, a restaurant called uh, La Piola Pizza, which is a pizzeria. And it's actually in the top 100 pizza restaurants outside Italy. And it is amazing. Wow, lovely. I love pizza. Yeah. So it's always one I look for when I go places because you can't really go wrong. <laughs> no, you, you can't go wrong. They've got loads of them. They've got about 30 or 40 different ones and they're actually quite cheap as well. So uh, yeah, really good. Lovely. So I think you've been to a few different cities in Europe and in, within the EU. So could you tell us a bit about maybe some of your favorite ones or just in general, what you like about being able to visit them? Because Brussels is obviously so central. So that's a big benefit, I'd imagine. Yeah, um, well, I was born in Luxembourg um, and brought up in Luxembourg. And so being in the center of Europe and getting to places is something I'm quite used to. In Luxembourg, you can pass through Luxembourg in the blink of an eye. And most people who live there spend time outside their country every day. Uh, that's how small it is. So I'm used to moving around and Brussels gives me the same option. But perhaps one of the things or some of the cities that you might not know about are sometimes the most interesting ones the second cities of europe because i guess most people know the big ones uh, and most people have visited them but if you come to belgium you may not need to go too far to find some interesting places you've heard of bruges i imagine but if you like that kind of place then uh, a great city which is just an hour outside brussels is ghent ghent is an amazing city it looks like bruges except that it's a bit bigger it's a student city so that the vibe isn't millions of tourists it's uh, young people you've got canals and you can actually um something i do uh, every year you can hire a smaller motorboat with a with a, a few friends for about 50 or 60 euros uh, and you can go around the canals on your own for a couple of hours uh, take a few beers with you that's that's a nice way to visit yeah that sounds great i mean it's probably first on the list now once uh, we get out of this <laughs> these troubling yes. <laughs> times um won't be going anywhere anytime soon i'd imagine but you look <laughs> let's hope so uh, yeah of course great that's it's nice to hear about obviously the ones you wouldn't think of so that's really really nice for you to share with us i guess we'll go to your previous job with this question because uh, it might be a bit more mm -hmm. interesting so let's go back to maybe your first day there or first week or first experience or memory what could you tell us about that well, my first experience was as a trainee uh, doing the Brewbook traineeship in the commission. It was on my birthday, so uh, that was a, a strange way to start a job. And the thing I, I remember, one of the things I remember most is how good everyone looked, dress-wise in any case. They'd all made a massive effort. I mean, the, the suits, the ties, you wouldn't, you, I mean, <laughs> a joke that, um, that I often hear in the, in the European bubble, as they call it, is... Um, 
you should never ask anyone to get you coffee because you could be talking to the trainee or the director because those are the, the two classes that dress the best. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that was, that was one thing. Another thing that struck me was, um, was the English. And you may have heard a couple of expressions I may have dropped, uh, which may not sound uh, easy on the ears and uh, I may have been influenced by my, my colleagues, but uh, we speak a very strange type of English around here. It's basically lots of people speak good English. They've studied maybe in Ireland or the UK but they watch a lot of American TV series. So they take out expressions from these TV series, add in a word from their own language, and then put it in a structure that isn't an, an English structure, or maybe a French structure. So, so they mix words around and it sounds very, very strange. But you understand them, but it just, it, something's off, you know? And you hear a lot of that. On my first day, I heard a lot of that, yeah. You'd want to create a phrase book, maybe <laughs> a guide for people. You, who start. you would need a guide. Yeah, you would need a guide. Cool. So throughout your work, what would you say is one of the most important things that you have learned? I've been quite lucky because I've, uh, I've had about three or four different jobs uh, moving around in, in my DG, in my directorate general. And that obviously means that I'm not always the most qualified person or the, the expert in the room, basically. But you would be surprised by the expertise that you have around you when you work in a, in a team, really. Um, I was working in a higher education unit for a year um, a while ago, and people in that unit, uh, I mean, they have, they, nearly all of them have doctorates. They're all, they've all done uh, university level research and things like that. And I ended up there doing work with them and basically didn't, didn't understand everything that was going on. <laughs> so you just turn to these people and these guys, they know everything. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. So don't, don't be afraid to ask for help, basically, and use your colleagues. They're certainly going to use your skills too. So, I mean, that's what you're there for. So uh, don't hesitate. Cool. So let's say someone is starting off in the EU now. What qualities or characteristics do you think will be important for them to have in order to you know, get on well and excel, I guess? Well, always be proactive, uh, especially now, the way we're working now. I'm the kind of person who, uh, who loves going to the office. I mean, we talked about structure and deadlines. For me, that's, that's part of it as well. Get on my bike, go to work, then get on my bike, come home, and I'm out of work. That's it. And so going down corridors, seeing, seeing my colleagues, asking them questions is something that I was a way of working that I was used to. Now we don't have that anymore. So you have to really make an effort to speak to people. It's so easy when you're not sure if you're asking a clever or a stupid question, just to send an email and kind of hope you don't get an answer. You know, it's like, I sent an email, I asked the question, whatever. If, if no one answers, it's not my fault. I did what I had to do. But if you, I mean, you know, you're meant to be working properly around here. So get on the phone, talk to people. I've got colleagues who call me now and again for no reason. And that's great as well, because for some reason, um, because we're working at home, we're working like this, everyone thinks you have to be even more active, even work even better basically and we forget to just hang out with our colleagues informally so when it's organized we do it but no one or few people actually bother to just call you and have a chat for five minutes and when they do do that as I said I had a couple of colleagues doing it this week for the first time in a while it really it's really a great feeling you really feel good so you have to be proactive you have to you have to go and find the information connect with your colleagues uh, and make sure uh, make sure they know you're there they can count on you and make sure uh, you know what you're doing as well so yeah adaptability flexibility and connection great wonderful you all work together it's kind of a big i suppose it is a big thing you hear about the eu anyway for people who aren't as familiar with it you know that kind of way um so that's mm -hmm. great that's great advice but would you have any other kind of little 
bits of advice that you could give for someone who's looking for a job right now within the EU? Well, visit the EPSO website. Um, I'm, I guess you, you know where that is, EPSO.eu uh, or .com. Anyway, I'm sure you'll just tap it into Google, you'll find it. Otherwise, if you want, if you, so basically, as you all know, you have to pass competition to work in the EU and you end up on a list. And the best thing I can, the best advice I could give you if you want to get off the list, which they choose from, is to network and, uh, and lobby basically. So you can find a lot of information online about the different units the directorates have, the director directorates general have. If you see a unit that interests you, make sure you send them your CV because it's not just because you're on a list that you're going to be taken off that list. We're extremely busy here and I know that some um, of my colleagues really appreciate when you do the work for them. So if you think you're the right candidate, you tell them why you're the right candidate and they may consider at least giving your CV a look over and that will help them out as well with the time they don't have to spend uh, looking through thousands of names. So um, yeah, don't hesitate to do that. Cool, so more proactiveness, I guess. Once again, yeah. <laughs> Perfect, so we're just end with one last question. So there may be people listening who haven't really even considered a job within the EU yet. What would you say to people to maybe inspire them to look into it as a possibility? Well, uh, there are a number of things. We work on nearly every in nearly every field you can imagine. So um, whatever you've studied, whatever skills you have, we need them. So that's, I mean, that ought to be motivation enough. If it's not, I think something that uh, most of my colleagues or all my colleagues have me included is a notion of service and basically the work we do even though sometimes it may be hard to see the end result depending on which departments you're working in but ultimately the work you do influences the lives of just under half a billion people and for the better I mean the work we do is we don't do it for the fun of it we do it because we're trying to make things better so if you want to make the world around you a better place you couldn't do far wrong by by joining us here lovely on that note we'll wrap up there with the questions there's some great answers there so thank you so much for joining us and for giving us your insights i hope you enjoyed it yourself yeah i did yeah great Great. thanks a lot it's been a pleasure (laughs) and it was a pleasure chatting away to jack there so guys that wraps this episode up we'll be back in another two weeks with another episode so until then take care